Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we're back in a big announcement. Today is October 1st. This is the official start of fourth quarter. But not only that, this weekend is expired Palooza. What is expired Palooza? And as we described to you yesterday, there are a few times of the year where the end of the month and the beginning of the following month fall over a weekend. And those are magical times of years for hunting expireds. So before you do anything else other than listening to the rest of today's podcast, go to your MLS and count to see how many expireds there are. And you, you got to look, guys, got to work this. Expand your normal area that you search in to include all the MLS. So opposed to just doing your little micro area and saying there are no expireds, as I'm sure some of you will try that, go to the entire MLS, look to see how many expireds were in the entire MLS, and then reel it in. Right, So go as wide as you possibly can and then make it smaller and smaller so you can actually get a sense of how many expireds there are. And then what we're going to challenge you to do is go back since the beginning of the year, frankly, maybe even fourth quarter of last year, and look for all the expireds. you got to see how many expireds, even in these crazy hot markets, are actually not selling. And why do properties not sell? Always one of these three reasons. Well, the fourth, one, or the fourth reason uh, could be um, lack of seller motivation and really unwillingness to um, – take care of one of these first three problems, which would be a bad condition, you know, bad location or poorly priced. Uh, but in this crazy seller's market that we're still very much in the throes of, you could have an overpriced house that needs a lot of work in a bad location and actually have it sell. Most times, yes. Yeah, this I mean, true. residential and commercial. Yes, but there is still such a thing as aspirational pricing. You sure. can still be high enough that it's not going to sell. And sometimes it's just something as simple as really bad timing is that you otherwise would have gotten that price, but there happened to be two other listings for the buyers that were actually in the market on that weekend, and it didn't sell. So there can be lots of different things. Sometimes but, sellers lack of cooperation. And but saying, that's it right there. Know, so yeah. what, what, what could have happened is there could be a house that came for sale, and listings always are, you know, when they're new, the listings will have a tendency, as their new listings sell faster for higher close to the original asking price, but let's just say a seller puts a house for sale. They put it for sale 90 days ago. This, uh, for some reasons, they were uncooperative with allowing showings. COVID or something else was going on in their lives, and they didn't want to allow uh, the buyers in. So the house got a little bit market-worn. People stopped wanting to uh, you know, set up showings. The seller was motivated, but not as motivated as they should have been. They took it off. Took it off the, you guys get the scenarios here? Don't rationalize not working the expires because you think somehow they're the worn over inventory. That's absolutely not true. A lot of cases, the most motivated, the best quality sellers are the sellers that are actually the expired listings. That's exactly right. So, you know, you said to start broad, and I totally agree with that, where you go uh further back in time and for your entire MLS. That way you can see what's actually available to you. And I was thinking about one of the times that we did that, we found a huge uh, home run in a county, one county away from us. We were in Delaware County and th that new construction oh, yeah. where we had 
I think we had one day where we listed like, I don't know, what was it, 120 units or something? 73. Seven, 73. Okay. 73 in the first phase. Yes. But there was other things too, Julie. Mm-hmm. Even our first year in the business or maybe like our first 18 months in the business, mm-hmm. there was this condo division, a subdivision yep. again. Do you remember the one I'm talking about in Worthington? Eastland Court. Eastland yeah. Court. That's right. And it was expired, showed up in the MLS, had expired a bunch of times. It was listed by a lady that's been a dominant in that particular market since I don't the even know when. The beginning of time. The beginning of time. <laughs> and, uh, Agent you know, Number 0001. Exactly. Julie and I called on the listing and we got the appointment with the developer. We took the listing and this ended up, and it wasn't a listing. This ended up being, a, I think it ended up being what, 12 or 15 condos in the next two run. or three years. Yeah, yeah. That was one phone call, one, maybe two yeah. appointments. Well, and the, there are hidden benefits to that too. So how did we capture those particular deals? Those were kind of unusual expired new construction in hot areas. It's because we were searching more broadly and because we were consistent about it. But the cool thing about the second one you mentioned was the unintended consequences. I mean, those those were great. Those were like $130,000 townhomes. But if you recall, everybody who bought in there was downsizing after a, a, out of a four or five hundred thousand dollar. And remember, guys, this was back in the '90s, so those things are probably That's like worth, a gajillion now. They're probably worth like <laughs> half a million now. But yeah. the the moral of the story is is this is the one of the. Uh, best times of year, fourth quarter, as we've been hopefully making the impression upon you, is the best time of year to be working because you build momentum into next year. But this particular weekend is the start of several really fantastic opportunities in fourth mm-hmm. quarter to actually be going after the expired. So we talked about the fact that a lot of listing agents and brokers put their listings on the market and then set them to expire wrongfully, by the way, at the last day of the month, first day of the following month. That's happening mm-hmm. today and it happened yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, so do check yesterday's expireds because it's usually a combination. The sellers are easy to get a hold of because they're home, right? And you have a lot of agents that don't work on the weekends. So you have this now, as we get further into the rest of the year, then you're going to have even more expansive opportunities and they're going to be overlapping holiday weekends and things like that. Guys, I promise you, you are going to start hearing a holiday objection probably at the end of this month. We're going to wait to put it back on the market in the spring. We do give you scripts. We do you know, train you, coach you what to say and helping the seller realize that waiting probably isn't the best thing for them financially. But even if they do, do dig their heels in, then you're going to have a listing starting in the spring. Get the contract signed, post-date the listing. You've got some momentum into sure. the new year. You guys get the point? Don't kick back this time of year. Don't allow your brain to slip into neutral. Otherwise, future you, and it's not even that far into the future. Oh, my gosh, it's a new year in 90 days. Seriously. But that future you is going to be singing the praises that you listened to Tim and Julie Harris's podcast on October 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, February 1st, even January 31st uh, version of you, 2022, is going to be loving on you for having actually taken the actions necessary to make it so the future version of you had some momentum. This is how you run a business. This is how you think. You need to be thinking about next year already, not waiting. That's right. And so one of the reasons that expired that happened, when we want you to go back in time, a lot of those are going to sell fourth quarter because you have other people taking their homes off the market. The ones who aren't that serious are going to take a break. And so something that expired, say, 90 days ago because there was competition in the middle of the summer you put it on fourth quarter, it has very little competition, and it's probably going to maybe even get the price that it expired at. So don't ignore expired Palooza. This is a fantastic opportunity, especially here in the beginning of October, 
because historically October is a pretty good sales month. You get Definitely. a lot of action out of that with people wanting to move before the holidays. That's the, Listen to what Julie just said. So you have a lot of people that took themselves out of the market because kids were going back to school. Some of them are wrapping up summer vacations in August. Kids went back to school in August and September. Now the kids are back to school. Now they're basically they're in the situation where they want to get their real estate Mickey Mouse done before the end of the year so they can be in their new house for the holidays. There's these little windows where people's motivation uh, actually increases fairly dramatically. So definitely take advantage of this. We talked yesterday about, uh, you know, you have relocating people, you have people that are just all kinds of differing things that are some mm -hmm. external forces forcing them to sell, which by the way, that is the very definition of a motivated seller. This is, I'm going to take a half step back and then we're going to get to our topic for today. The, so the reason that Julie and I will always have you guys focus assuming you listen to our coaching, is to uh, focus on sellers primarily because there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. And it's this is like real estate 101, but so many people don't get this concept. There's no such thing, podcast listeners from around the country, as a buyer that has to buy. A buyer can always change their mind, can take themselves out of the market, can decide to stay renting, can decide not to sell their house, can decide to basically stay in their house and remodel it. All kinds of buyers constantly come and go from the market for all kinds of different reasons. Whereas we want you to focus on sellers because there are absolutely must-sell sellers. So if you ask a, a seller, you know, one of our pre-call questions that we teach you in the coaching program is, Mr. Seller, do you have to sell this property or do you want to sell this property? Or another version of it is, Mr. Seller, do you have a plan B in the event that this seller, in, in the event that this house weren't to sell, right? What you're doing is you're ferreting out what they're thinking is and determining whether I have to sell or I want to sell. Have to sell, so for example, relocation, closing on a new house, they need the equity, can't afford two payments. Uh, maybe there's a financial problem. Maybe there's a legal problem. Maybe they inherited the problem. I mean, at the house and the house is a problem. There's all these reasons why there's sellers that absolutely have to sell. There's never been a buyer that has to buy. Some of you are going to say tax exchange, but the fact is, is those buyers could always just essentially pay the taxes uh, and not buy something else. As a lot of people are doing because they can't find something to reinvest the money into. So remember, if you have a choice where to put your investment of your time and your money and your effort, you definitely want to put that towards be, uh, going after listings and learning how to be a powerful listing agent and maybe secondarily on the buyer side of things. And maybe not at all the buyer side of things because if once you've learned how to be a listing agent, what we also prescribe for all of you to do is refer off your buyer leads to other agents for a you know whatever the local buyer partners, not right. buyer's agents on a team. Right, right, right. Buyer partners in your local market. Because there are a lot of agents that will never learn how to be listing agents. They haven't discovered us. You're learning how to be a listing agent. You want your nights and weekends back. Earn your freedom by building up to your magic number of listings. Once you have that magic number of listings, then you can decide whether you do or don't want to work with buyers. We do prescribe to our coaching clients that no matter how successful you become, you always have at least maybe two triply motivated, unbelievably, you know, great sell or uh, uh, again, sellers that maybe have to buy as uh, buyers that you're working with. You handpick who they're going to be. And the power of doing that is not only do you get to sell a couple houses to a couple great buyers, but you also then are uh, apprised of what's going on in the market. So that's the benefit of being a buyer's agent is you always know what's going on in the market. Whereas a listing agent, sometimes you're only able to look at the computer and maybe not necessarily have as a really the same level of firsthand knowledge as a buyer's agent would. So definitely keep yourself in the game by working maybe one or two buyers. 
Um, yeah, so that's the moral of the story. And by the way, real estate magic number, what is that? It's the magic number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial expectations. And we want to give you the real estate treasure map and the result of you completing the treasure map is figuring out what your real estate magic number uh, is. All you've got to do is text the word success to 47372, text the word success to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link so then you can then download the real estate treasure map and you will also be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So just text the word success to 47372. All right, Julie, what is our topic for yes. today? Well, we're talking about what you should be doing on social media. You know, we talk a lot about what not to do, like an endless supply of TikTok videos and things that really have nothing to do with your real estate practice. So we're going to give them a very simple to follow Monday through Friday social media system to follow so that you don't have to go into your office and say, you know, I should be posting something. What should I post? And then get sucked into posting the wrong stuff and wasting your time. So here are some basic rules to start out with. And we'll go Monday through Friday. And this is where well, you guys want to start taking notes. Let's. Uh, so we are... We talk about social media. We talk about our, our, our primary focus, obviously, is on proactive lead generation. Social media is passive lead generation. One of the concepts we teach you in our coaching program in our book is called spokes in the wheel. A spoke represents a, a form of leads for you. More spokes, the stronger your wheel. But generally speaking, an agent who has maybe five to seven spokes is going to have an incredibly strong, consistent real estate business. The first spokes you put on your wheel are going to be your proactive spokes. But after you put on your proactive spokes, it does make sense to start building passive spokes that support the proactive spokes. For example, a proactive form of lead generation would be calling your centers of influence and past clients. But at the same time, if you're going to be doing some social networking, let's say on Facebook, that in those same centers of influence and past clients are also your Facebook friends, it makes sense to reinforce the call with social networking that you've done on Facebook. Yes. So let's be really clear about that. This type of thing that we're talking about today is not instead of proactive lead generation, exactly. as in picking up the phone and having real conversations. It is in addition to. You do this stuff, the social networking then actually will reinforce the actual uh, direct contact. You guys have all probably had experiences where you're out and about and somebody starts talking to you just like they know you at a level that you didn't expect them to about your personal life because you posted a picture of your kids or your dog or your whatever it is. And they start asking you about Charlie, your goldfish. Well, it happened to us a ton when we got back from our trip, right? Totally. All these people were on our walk and they're like, oh, welcome back. I, I really like your pictures of Yellowstone. Yeah, we had, exactly. We had yeah. people that we sort of kind of mostly didn't know <laughs> yeah, who were asking, but we didn't realize they were watching us on Instagram or they're watching us on Facebook and they're asking us about specific uh, parts of our trip. And we had to actually, for, like, it took a millisecond for us to remember, oh, yeah, we shared that with tens of thousands of people. So it's not that surprising. But so if we were in real estate and we were selling and we'd done that, you know, basically we're proactively lead generating, calling everyone in our centers of influence and past clients. At the same time, you're sharing some personal stuff with them on social, but also talking about real estate on social. That is kind of a very powerful juggernaut that's going to make it so the proactive lead generation, the actual calling, is 10x more powerful. Definitely. But here's the thing to remember. The social by itself won't generate the lead. And doesn't count as a spoke. It doesn't count as a, a contact either. Picking up the phone to the very same people you're sharing with on social, that is the knockout punch. So be really clear about this. And the reason that Julie and I, we do obviously do this ourselves, but the other thing we do is we coach all of you to uh, follow the same pattern. But what, again, we, this is the fourth time we've said it, don't think social replaces direct contact. It will not ever. That's it. So 
Here are some simple rules to follow. Provide value with each post and include a call to action. A call to action is asking them to do something. Call me, text me, ask me a question about this. Also, keep it simple. Don't over-engineer. Don't pay somebody else to do this for you. We're keeping it super simple. Do do this systematically each week. This is a mini system within your business. So let's start with Monday. Monday can be your market update. Let yes. me, let me, I'm going to just, you, I want to clarify something you said. Don't pay someone to do this for you. I actually think it's okay if they pay someone to do it for them. So but, give them some parameters how to find somebody that's not going to screw it up. Well, what I would caution you against is doing what a lot of other people do and make it overtly obvious that you've hired someone to do it for you. Because if it looks like a commercialized, you know, Facebook social network, you know, metered out content type thing where it's a picture and a bunch of motivational words, that's what most people yeah. do. That is not that type of content is not getting viewed as much as, say, for example, a picture of, you know, your kid or your dog or your, like I said, your goldfish named Charlie. If you just if you post fewer times, but the stuff you post actually is um, real and not just some sort of commercially manufactured stuff, especially this stuff that's trying to make you look like a guru or a philosopher, some sort of motivational quote, right. you'll find that, that gets more traffic. The reason the other stuff doesn't work is because it's oversaturated. Everybody and their brother's doing it. I don't, every time I look at Instagram, everything on Instagram is all about basically to people talking to me about motivation and sunshine and, you know, kitty cats and stuff. It just gets boring. And so just keep this in mind, guys, as you're deciding what to do on social, it does take a little bit of, I think, allowing people in your life and allowing them to see some of your personal side, but you don't have to overshare. You don't have to basically, you know, give them more information they need to have. People love pictures of Zoe. I mean, that's, that's right. They like pictures yeah. of our daughter more than they like yeah, pictures of us. It's shots, fine. You know, being a savage on the beach. Exactly. Um, so Monday, what, we're talking about what should the content be, keeping it simple. So Monday can be your market update. What's hot and what's not? A simple absorption study showing the facts that everybody wants to know. So things like average sale price. People do read this stuff fairly consistently because it's just a snapshot of your market. Average sale price for your metro area, average days on the market, are they going up or down? Are they going uh, month over month or quarter over quarter? List to sell price ratio, going up or down? What are the best selling price ranges and what are the best selling zip codes? Now, there's an advantage to doing this because every one of your uh, boards of realtors or MLSs, they pump out these really nice charts and graphs and reports to you, some of them weekly, but certainly monthly. So here's the concept. What you're wanting to do, and I'll give you, I'll give you an, a bit of an example that's not social, but still is really powerful. So Michael and Robin Gordon, one of the things that they did to set themselves apart in the marketplace is they, from the very start, were doing postcards. And the postcards were on one side, it was a just sold card, beautiful postcards. And these were big postcards, the four by sixers. They may have even been larger than that. And on the other side of the postcard was a market summary. And those market summary postcards got them traction in their marketplace because nobody else was doing it. Julie has a coaching client in uh, Amelia Island, mm -hmm. his dad, uh, James and his dad, right? Mm -hmm. And they do a newsletter and they put this newsletter out once a month. And this newsletter is some, they took time, they take time on it. They do this really comprehensive study of the market and absorption. And, and, and then they have a lot of absentee owners and the absentee owners aren't boots on the ground. So they don't know what the heck's going on in the marketplace. That's how they watch the marketplace. Exactly. And they watch the marketplace through this newsletter. And that has get, gotten them lots of, not just uh, listings, but Authority. They have a reputation of being people you can trust because they don't lead with you know motivational quotes. They're leading with actual usable content. But if you if you mix 
the personal with the professional, then what you're doing is establishing yourself as a real human that's likable, but at the same time, you're also showing that you are a true expert. That's exactly it. Now, you can split some of that information up into several different posts. Maybe one post is the hottest selling zip codes, and then the next one a few days later is uh, what our price is doing going up or down. Now, you've got to have a call to action. So here's a simple one. For a specific analysis on your neighborhood and a comparative market analysis to see what your home is worth in today's market, contact me here. Text me, email me, call me. Okay, so that's Monday. And the idea is to make that your theme every Monday. Also, that has a nice byproduct of keeping you knowing exactly what's going on in the marketplace. Now, you could easily delegate that grinding of that data. Sure, because that data is super easy to find. Right. You could find somebody to basically research all of it for you, but truthfully, your MLS with probably a couple keystrokes will churn all this content out yeah, for well, you Yeah, well, they get well. their hot sheets, and the MLSs have gotten a lot better with how pretty they're making everything. And so, so let's think about this. When you're doing when you're doing posting, there's nothing wrong. Well, actually, you absolutely positively should have a call to action in all your posts. Again, the professional one. So the call to action would be, are you curious? You know, the good old school CMA always works. Yep. You know, look at what all the iBuyers are doing. They're all basically trying to lead with, would you like to know your home's value? That will always work. People are always curious well, about that. Well, if you're an EXP agent, you can you can ask if they'd like an express offer sent over. Well, exactly, right? Would There's you like to know? Ways. Would you like to receive an offer on your house like today? You know, just let me know. Or do a reverse. Uh, essentially, what you want to do is you want to do some kind of call to action. Give them some kind of reason for the most motivated to raise their hand and say yes, I'm curious. Just giving information, just giving them, you know, being a source of information is great. But be a source of information and then use their law of reciprocity to make it so that you can then give them permission to contact you if they're interested in basically having a more in-depth study done on their home's value in this marketplace, that type of thing. Or maybe you can lead with letting them know where you know about interest rates that are still less than three and a half percent or something. Have a list of your the, the your trusted handyman. Or if you're in Florida, a list of the trusted roofers or stuff like that. Think about Things what you, a call to action so that you're giving them permission to reach out to you. And don't send them, look, you can send them to a form, but I'll tell you what most people want is tell them to text you to a phone number. I do that, right? It, and what it does is, and I always say, if you're interested in having Julie and I be your sponsors, EXP Realty, I give you two choices. I say you can text the letters EXP to 47372. And if you do, you're going to basically have a link to a website texted back to you and you can watch some uh, videos. But then I also say, for those of you who are actually looking for a sponsor and you're interested in having Julie and I sponsor you, text me directly at my cell phone number. And it is my real cell phone number, 512-758-0206. Copy that same type of pattern because what's going to happen is the people that are just passively looking, you've given them a direction to go. But the people that are actively looking and ready to make a decision, they're then going to call your, your text you uh, directly. And do emphasize text, not call. There you go. So Tuesdays, coming soon. Now, coming soon, you have to be careful what you're allowed to do and say and post. So know what the rules are with your MLS and, and your local uh, overlords. But about to hit the market, be the first to see it. You can say, I have a new listing coming up in Brookhaven tomorrow. Be the first to see it. Call, find out the details. So Tuesday can be something that's coming up. Okay, now we're rolling into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. Your peak action on people that are starting to think about real estate starts again on Thursday. It goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then it starts to drop off on Sunday. People get back into life and they start thinking about real estate again towards the end of the week. So remember, as you get closer to the weekend, you're going to have to cater your messages on social so that it's going to be more in alignment with what people are thinking about. Like I, you know, I was creating one of these for our coaching clients. I 
would have on Wednesday, I would start getting more into the weeds focused on sellers that are interested in the house, their, their, the value of their home in this marketplace. I would maybe have a, a post or give them a report on how they can, how you can buy a house without selling your current one, thus removing the fear of having to move twice. You could do all kinds of different things like that, but get creative with what you're going to offer as the weekend comes near, because that's when people start getting focused again on real estate. How about this? A list of new construction that is not in the MLS. Uh, Julie mentioned homes that aren't necessarily for sale. You guys can get a list of the coming soons out of your MLS. I know it's called different things in different markets, but you mm -hmm. get the gist of it. That's right. And Wanted Wednesday, Wanted, your home for my highly motivated, pre-approved or all cash buyers. All of you are working with buyers like this. Record a video of what your buyers need and be specific. The call to action, who do you know who's a match for my anxious buyer clients? So, now, that looks real, and you are looking for your buyer clients, but really what we're looking for is listings here. Now, I'm going to make another point, too. So you and I have been on Facebook since Facebook started. Yep. And our Facebook account, because Facebook only let us use one name, is uh, Tim Harris, right, mm -hmm. even though we share it. Mm -hmm. That Facebook account, it's a personal account, because like I said, we're like Facebook members, like number two. Yeah. Your sister told us about it before it basically expanded sure. out. She was still in college, right? Yeah. And she said, true. have you guys heard of this thing called Facebook? And it was before Facebook became a general consumer item, was just still working before itself. Before it was a thing. It was on college campuses, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it came around, we got Tim Harris. So it's Facebook.com, Tim Harris, or whatever it is. Even though we've used, but we've had 5,000 friends on Facebook forever. But we get virtually no interaction on that Facebook page, even though we know people read the posts that um, our staff puts up. But where we get tons of interaction is a Julie's personal page. And this goes to show you something. So on our, our, our sort of our old 5,000 maxed out personal page, which Facebook won't allow us to convert to a business page, by the way. <laughs> We've already tried. that For some reason, it's because of some old algorithm. They can't move it over. Some technical reason on their part. So we can't move it over. But on that page, virtually no uh, people consume the content, but they don't actually interact with the content. Uh, and there's no personal stuff hardly ever on that page. It's all business. Mm -hmm. But on Julie's personal page, which only your friends, her only, her friends and family and her neighbors know about, she gets gobs of interaction. And she's got, I bet you don't even have 250 people on that page. Yeah, it's less than 300. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. And these are all just her real personal contacts. They're kind of handpicked, though, to and, be honest. And it's all personal stuff. Mm -hmm. And she does put up the occasional business thing. But that's, so what's the takeaway? When you're doing this stuff, if you really want to make it so that it's going to be useful to you, don't just have it be what we did originally, which is constant stream of essentially commercial content. Have it be things like we put up our blog posts, we put up our, you know, uh, this podcast, all those types of things. Do it a, a combination of the two. And I would, again, suggest that it be at least 50-50. And if, if you have to uh, weigh it a certain direction, have it weighed towards the personal. Because people, the Facebook and the social is the way that people go and research you and find out if they actually like you, if you're like them. That's where they kind of go and... They go and do kind of secret bonding there, I guess. They do, for um, sure. But, you know, along those lines, you Thursday thrilled clients. Client testimonial video. You're not great because you say so. It's because your clients love you. Ideally, this is in front of the listing you just sold with a sold sign. Detail about the transaction and what a great job you did for them. The call to action could be, I'd love for you to be my next happy client. Call me here. Again, asking for some interaction, but that's making you very authentic. It's, what do they call that, social proof that, you know, your clients love you. And it's really good to have details. So, for example, maybe so, maybe you have clients that are first-time buyer couple and they were really frustrated because they were working with somebody else who didn't help them out. And they say something like, gosh, we couldn't have done it without you, Tom. 
So that stuff is powerful and people, especially videos, people will watch. So someone's going to ask, Tim, if I only have time to really invest in one particular social channel, well, or maybe two, what would it be? And it's kind of the same answer, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, if you only could do one, for sure. And Instagram's easiest to post on because it's just pictures. But if you have to choose, it's Instagram. But ideally, it's Instagram and Facebook. And the demographics for Instagram and Facebook pretty much got you covered that way. So, Insta so if you look at TikTok, for example, that's mostly kids doing mostly kid things. Um, and Twitter is no longer a, even a – don't even bother with Twitter. It's, no even, it's not even any point. It's a parallel universe of just you know Junk. craziness. But Instagram is definitely going to get you that younger millennial generation sort of demographic. And then also it's going to capture the Generation X. Generation X is going to be on Facebook and Instagram. And the older folks are mostly going to be on Facebook. They're not going to be on Instagram. So if you're Instagramming and you're on Facebook, and the other thing is, is you can cross-pollinate. So if you post on Instagram, for example, which is super simple to do, you can just check one little um, you know, uh, switch, basically, and also have a uh, post on your Facebook page. So the next question is, should you have a Facebook business page or should you have a Facebook uh, personal page? Do what Julie's doing. Have a Facebook personal page for personal and a business page for business. And have your business page be where you post, uh, where you cross-pollinate with your Instagram page, right? So you're doing personal and business on Instagram and your business Facebook page. And then have your personal stuff just be personal stuff with occasionally dropping in some business stuff mm -hmm. into the personal page. This is all you have to do because remember, all we're trying to do is we're trying to make it so that if your social, I'm sorry, your centers of influence and past client list, for example, it's probably, they're all going to be on either Instagram or Facebook. So if you're essentially posting virtually the same content on all those places, at the same time you're laboriously calling these folks and following our 12-month center of influence and past client plan, you're going to reinforce the call with a higher level of familiarity. Some of you are living in fear. Well, I haven't called Bob and Betty in six months or 60 years, right? But Bob and Betty happen to be friends with you on Facebook. Bob and Betty are probably looking at the pictures of your dancing cat or whatever. And when you call them, they're not the psychological, uh, the actual, the isn't the, there. it isn't there because they feel connected with you because of social. That's going to be the miracle of using social for those of you who are feeling in fear of not having been a better, uh, having done a better job of keeping in contact with your centers of influence and past clients, which is all of you. That this is the bridge. Use this technology to make it so you can quickly make it so that uh, even if you've been lacking that, you will now essentially Fix build that, that bridge. Exactly. Right. And none of this is that time consuming. None nope. of it is that expensive. It's fun. I, this is something every listener can do. Okay, so Friday. Fridays are fun. Charity events that you're sponsoring or attending, invite them to see you there or donate. Buy or sell with me and adopt a pet for free. It's a great promotion. And we have the uh, Pumpkin Palooza Month that we'll yep. talk about on a different podcast. And or open house announcement. Sneak preview, neighbors open, followed by a public open house. Who do you know who would love to buy this house? Here's how to find me. So what are you going to be doing this weekend? Where can they find you? You know, again, more interaction. And especially those uh, private like sneak preview neighbor opens, those have been really hot, especially in this market. How can social be used against you? How can you make mistakes? And it's very simple. Do not post or associate with anything political or in any way negative. Be a Republicrat. Yes. That's the smart way to be. It has nothing to do with your business. So. It, it has nothing to do with your business. And your mission in life is to help people, not just help people that happen to have the same political views as you. It's to help all kinds of different people. And it's not a place for you to go and convince people that your political views are what theirs should be. Your job is to help people. That's what a real estate agent is supposed to do, be of service to other people. So don't get mired into the 
the lifestyle of thinking that somehow you have to be uh, some sort of you know political this or political that to be relevant on social. Ignore all of that. That's if you're going to be uh, using social, if you're going to be participating in it, keep it lighthearted, keep it friendly. That's what people like. Positive. Yes. Exactly. And don't join any lunatic fringe groups and just don't just, you know. I know. Because there are always fun searches for me when we get Well, there. tell them. Well, okay. So my favorite one, they, you cannot make this stuff up. This is real. Okay. Well, no, but tell them essentially what mistakes they make when they well, overshare. Okay. So, and I think that, I think we had a dedicated podcast about that, but um, two things. One, one is having profiles set up everywhere that you didn't finish and you have that little shadow picture that makes it look like just flakiness. Okay. So, but the second one, um, I was searching, I got an email from somebody that wanted to do a free coaching call or something. And I do like to look people up when I have time before a call. So she had a unique name. I searched, put her in Google, and it was like site after site of alien abduction stuff, okay? And her alien abduction story and her opinion on alien abduction, like she had spent so much time on this, right? And I'm like, okay, I got to know what I'm signing up for. But my, in the back of my mind as a coach, I'm thinking if I was considering her versus as maybe to list my house versus the person that sold me the house, just looking at that and not having it prevalently real estate and professional, I might not have even called her back. Well, also any kind of uh, complaining, any uh, that yes. stuff follows you forever. Well, I, there's still agents that have, uh, they have like this legacy of back in the housing recession where they yeah. complain about their REO asset managers and they didn't get paid on BPOs and all this stuff. And it, that was rampant for a while. Well, it, anyway, guys, you so, get the don't point do here. It. Don't do it, right? Just don't do it. But here, here's, if you're going to have a takeaway, here's the thing. You're, you should use social. It's a great passive spoke, You but you should not do it thinking and don't have anyone fool you into thinking that it's going to replace actually real human contact. Right. Picking up the phone, in-person contact, right? Being a proactive lead generator will always be the way to create consistent real estate leads and, frankly, consistent cash flow. This is just an enhancement to that, not yeah. a replacement of that. Exactly. That's it. That's what all this stuff is. Passive has its place. Uh, now, here's a little secret for some of you. If you're good at the pro the proactive and you don't want to do the passive, you don't, you don't have, have to. to. No. Exactly. You don't. There's, if you're, there's no requirement of that. that. That's not mission critical. If you choose, if you're listening and you're saying, Tim, I've been listening to you and Julie forever. I can generate my magic number of listings. I do great off just basically being a proactive lead generator. I already knew about expired Palooza. I got a tattoo of it. I'm totally locked in. I don't want to do social and I'm meeting or exceeding all my, don't do it. It's fine. You can opt out. But here's the thing. If you're more like most agents nowadays who've come into this business thinking that you're supposed to lead with social, trying to make yourself a celebrity, trying to make yourself famous, and you're wondering why you're not generating enough money to basically pay your bills, let alone get ahead, it's because you're not doing the proactive. That's it. That it's is a good it. place to stop. Hey, guys. So listen, Expired Palooza, do something with this information. Hopefully, we've motivated you. Hopefully, we've educated you. Now, ultimately, it's up for you to get into action. It's going to be you that has to take the action. But lean into us. Listen to past podcasts. If you're listening to motivate or looking for motivation and more education, uh, we have over 2,000 uh, podcasts out there. You can find us everywhere. We're syndicated on all the major uh, podcast platforms, including Spotify, including the ones that are super hard to get on. 
This is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. If you're looking for some really powerful weekend reading, may I suggest you Harris Rules. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can obviously get it at any major bookstore. It's also available on Audible. Download it, listen to it, consume it, read it. That's going to also give you a great sense of direction. But if you're looking for actual things to do for this weekend that are going to put you in a position to help you make money and have a great 2022, let alone a great fourth quarter, do download our uh, real estate treasure map. Text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And we'll text you back a link to download the real estate treasure map. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. And we'll talk with you on the show on Monday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.